What if you could build a business that gives you the life of freedom you deserve? What if you could find the secrets to marketing, leadership, customer service, and other aspects of business that help you exceed your goals? What if you could walk away from your business for 30 days and it never misses a beat? That's what this podcast is for, to help business leaders like you find freedom from the day-to-day grind and start spending your time doing the things you love. I'm Levi McClendon, and my co-host is Josh Taylor, and this is the Cheers to Freedom podcast. Hey, welcome to the Cheers to Freedom podcast. I am Josh Taylor with my host, Levi McClendon. Levi, how are you? Doing well, Josh. How are you doing today? I am doing well. And then we also have John Sproul with us. And John is with Camel Express Car Wash. He is the uh, hiring and training director for Camel Express. And Levi, tell us why we wanted to have John on the podcast today. Yeah, way, so John, John welcome. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's welcome our guest, John Sproul, which which we had introduced him. But John, thanks for jumping on a call today uh, for this podcast. We appreciate it. I know John's it's a little loud where he's at, so we're trying to make this work. I don't hear any background right now, but he's at the wash. So, uh, but anyway, John, thanks again for for jumping on. So the purpose of this call, John, just so you even know, because. We didn't even we haven't really even talked before this podcast. Um, that's kind of the way we like to roll here. It's just kind of you know on the spot. Um, here we go. So um, I had reached out to Tyler, and a, a lot of you guys listening to this, uh, listening to this podcast know who Tyler Slaughter is with Camel Express. Pretty vocal, uh, kind of the the founder of Talk Car Wash. Him and Blake. Um, but anyway, I reached out and said, "Hey, Tyler, um, I am hearing um, a lot of." problems out there with people being able to hire enough staff, right? Hire enough staff, keep those guys around. And when I talked to Tyler, he, he, you know, he, he said, Hey, we're, you know, we're not having that problem. We're actually overstaffed at times. Right. So they're not really having that problem. He said, well, how are you doing that? And I said, I'd love to interview you and, and kind of see if we can help some other listeners out there. And he said, talk to John. So John, you know, Tyler's definitely all about staying in your lane and, and he, he, he does a good job of, Hey, this is your role. This is your job. You do this, John. So, so he said, Hey, reach out to John, which I did. So you are here today with us because we want to know the secret sauce that Camel Express uses to hire, train, retain those employees. Okay. So that's kind of where this podcast is going. But first of all, John, tell me a little bit about just your background. I, I really don't know. I mean, we know each other, just acquaintances. And, and you know, we uh, obviously, um, you know, talk quite a bit when we see each other. But John, a little of your history, where are you from? Kind of how did you get on with Camel? What do you, you know, how long have you been there? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So currently I'm the hiring and training director, but um, uh, at Camel, I've been in that position for about a year and a half. But um, I started at another car wash in Northern Indiana uh, about six years ago. And it was just because a buddy just asked me and I sort of was like bored with what I was doing. I just started as a baseline employee and um, I was managing the site within about a year and I sort of fell in love with it. But Northern Indiana, I, my wife and I were ready to for warmer weather. <laughs> and so um about three years into that, we moved in, moved down to um, Nashville, and I had known Tyler. Tyler and I had been talking about for a year, and I was just like reached out to him, and um, wasn't even trying to work for Camel. Just asked for, decided I wanted to just turn car washing into a career, and I came on board as a manager in training at Camel, and 
Um, when we're at one location, now we're like three going on. I don't know how many. Um, and it's always been my passion from, from the beginning, from like probably three weeks into car washing, I was like, I want to be in charge of training. And, um, I think my very first experience, I think most people can in the car washing industry can associate with this is that, um, I, I came in, filled out my paperwork within 30 minutes of me walking in the door. I had my uniform on. They showed me, I watched someone load two cars and then I was stuck on there and we did like prepping as well. So I loaded a car. My very first car I ever loaded on was came in too fast, broke a hubcap, wasn't listening to us, hopped the, hopped the track, got back on the track, drove into the tunnel. And I was like, I never want anybody that works for me or with me ever to feel this ever again. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to wow. do everything I possibly can to make sure that I invest into training because I'm like, I want, I want to quit. I don't like, and I was in my Pretty late twenties and I was, yeah. And I was like, man, as a high schooler, I'd go home and cry. Like <laughs> this is yeah. my first job. Like it was so so, so that's so, where all my motivation is about. So, so are you the one who actually did go to Tyler or, you know, the team read there and say, Hey, I think we need to, to do better training or how did your, this position, because honestly, I don't know, we work with a lot of car washes and in it, I don't know a lot of other car washes that have a full-time hiring and training employee. So how did this position come about? So, um, Tyler and Reed, um, reads the one, the, primary owner at camel they both um saw like within a, i told them right off the bat that i was interested in training and they they recognized because i just basically just i'm a bulldozer sometimes i just came in and just started training people differently and um we had tyler had a pretty that we had a very documented training manual already that was something that like, I didn't have to develop. That was already well established. Um, it's just anybody and everybody sort of did the training. And so I just sort of came in and I'm not very good at starting things, but I'm really good at making things better. And Tyler's really good at starting things. And so he started it and handed it off to me and they are great. Both of them are great finding things that people are passionate about and be like, Oh, this should be your job. You like doing this. Yeah. So that sort of, it wasn't really, it sort of was just a natural progression. And I always, I just tell people, I really enjoy telling people what to do and how to do it. So this was just a natural prog progression. Well, and, and, and that's a sign of a good leader, a good owner there as well. Um, they don't always know everything, but, it, but they know what needs to get done and they bring the right people, um, you know, put them in the right position, you know, on the, on the bus in the right seat and, and head in the right direction. That's what makes a very smooth operation. Um, so for, so obviously you got into this, you said it's been about a year, right. That you've been in this, this position, what, um, as far as the hiring process goes and getting people right now to actually work, right? Like, um, what is the process that you guys use to bring on new employees? Um, you know, where are you finding them? And are you, that would be question one. And, and question two is, is how's your retention? You know, how are you keeping people? Are you keeping people for a long period of time? And and how do you do it? 
Yeah, um, I think one of the key things is, um, I mean, there's a lot of components. One of the key things is in our first interview, um, very first interview we ever talked to, cut to employees, we asked, in my opinion, is the most important question is why Camel? Like what interests you in Camel? So we record those, those, those answers. And for people that are like, we know that like the number one answer for people that are not desirable for us is, is just because you're close. We're like, okay, cool. Mm. That's, that's really not your, and like, that's the number one reason. Um, but for people that are desirable for us that actually we hire, or at least get to the second interview, number one answer is how clean your site is. Number two answer is how happy your employees are. So we know those two things. So we focus on those two things. That is, um, um, let me stop you there for just a second. Cause that is profound. Not one that you're asking the question first, but you know what the answers are that you're looking for. And I, I think that's really important. You know, we, 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 we ask questions. Uh, we know what questions to ask, but a lot of times we don't always know what answer we actually want and what answer we don't want. So that, that, is a great filtering process. So uh, good, continue. <laughs> yeah, good no, on you. And, and that's, and that's not even like retention. That's just the question to know, like what gets people to apply because we know that, mm. I mean, most of our, most of the people that are applying are our customers already. So we're, mm. we, so we focus on, I mean, we have so many checklists about how clean the site is and well lit and, we are on top of making sure all our lights are functioning correctly. And because we know that has a direct impact on our, um, on our applicants. And then so, John, let me, let me yeah. ask you, let me stop you right there real quick. You just said that most of your applicants are actually customers. So are, is that where you get most of your new hires is those that are customers? Um, not necessarily that we end up hiring. Um, I would say it's probably, uh, cause some of them are members uh, every once in a while they're, they're members, but a lot of times it's like, I've been through your wash before. That's how I know that you guys exist. Mm. Um, I, or like I have a aunt or a parent that's a member. I don't have, I've never been here, but this person told me about it because you have signs on your property or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, Gotcha. Uh, okay. We're, we're in the process of switching to a higher, uh, like a better train, like tracking uh, hiring applicant platform. That's going to give us more, more detailed information on that. So can I ask you a when, question real quick, going back to what you just said, and, and I'm, I know we want to move on to the rest of the process, but yeah. why those two answers? Why, how clean your facilities are and how happy your employees are? Why did those, why are those the two answers that you're looking for? Well, it's not necessarily that we're looking for them. That's those are our top two answers that we get. So oh. that's why we look for them now because that's okay. the top two answers that people give us. So okay. because that's that's the answer that we're hearing most often, we're like that's what we need to focus on. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that the since those are the answers, I mean, how incredible is that of Camel that that's your focus anyway. I've been to your locations. Josh has been to your locations. They're all extremely clean. They're well lit. The experience is the same at all of them. 
And so for a good hire, somebody, you know, of the caliber of what you're looking for, the fact that they recognize that if I'm in your shoes, you're like, yeah, they recognize that it's clean, well lit, people are smiling and happy. That's the environment that people want to look at or work at. And that's the environment where they're going to feel appreciated. They're going to, they're going to feel like they're, they're welcome there, just like they are as a customer. In my opinion, I think that that speaks volumes of camel and maybe, maybe that is the secret sauce, right? Maybe it's just the environment that you guys have created for your customers. And now the employees actually appreciate enjoy well. working there. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. not that that is the secret sauce. So let me ask you this. Where else, and, and I've got off track, I, I'm going to follow up on my other question. I just, we talked about existing customers coming through. Where else do you guys, oh, where else do you, do you get new hires from? Like, what, where do you advertise? Yeah, so we advertise on site. Um, our biggest, uh, our, up until this point, our biggest thing was Indeed. Okay. Um, but now we just made a switch to, um, a, a platform we use currently use Jazz HR. We just it just went live Monday, um, okay. but we advertise on 26 job boards simultaneously, um, um, and so that's helping. Like we're getting so we're getting everything. We're getting Indeed. Uh, we're getting Google Jobs. I got a few of those um, just through our normal website. So it's tracking all of that. So. I mean, you hear it a lot, like the more information you get that you can track, then the more that you can focus on. So as the months go on, we'll, we'll probably see like what has a more of a focus, like, are we getting, we'll be able to track, are we getting more people from Indeed? But um, hands down, like Indeed has been good, but most okay. of our people coming in have been uh, people that go by our sites. One of the problems I hear, a big problem are no-shows, right? So somebody fills out an app, they're interested and they don't show up for the interview and they're wasting people's time. What is your process to get people in the door? And are you seeing the same issues? Um, phone interviews are important. Um, we have been doing walk-in interviews, um, just walk-ins. So I think first, what we we did this on purpose. We wanted to lower the barrier to getting people in. Um, okay. We, we needed people. So we just did walk-in Wednesdays, 10 a.m. to 2. Um, it's an alliteration. It's really easy to remember. And it was just any of our employees. We wanted anyone to come through and just say, ask any employee, an employee new, come in on Wednesday. They're walking interviews. You don't even have to fill an application. But we're moving that process we're choosing to be pickier now and you have to fill out an application We're gonna you do it, mm. you do a phone interview. So if they, I mean, we do that first interview, that phone interview, and if they don't answer cool, okay. Or they don't respond to us, then, then we haven't wasted any time. So we're making so, that transition. So you're not setting them, at least you're going to transition to that. But for now there's, you're, you're, you've lowered that barrier it's really open. It's just, Hey, come in anytime. It's a walk-in. What are they just allowed to walk around your site? Talk to employees. Like it sounds very informal of more of just kind of a get to know us type interview. Is that kind of what that looks like? No, there's, there's a manager on site. They come in, come in the office. They have a first interview okay. sheet. Um, uh, that's, that's basically what you would see. And it's, it's really quick. It's meant to be five minutes. 
it just gets them in the door. Um, do, you, do you do multiple people at one time? Like, is there, could there be, since it's open 10 to two, would you have two or three people come in and, and be there together? Or do they actually have separate times that you would want to talk with them? Uh, potentially, um, usually what we've done up to this point, it's one at a time because they're so quick. We're just like, wanting to just wait? We're just getting their information. Um, uh, just seeing if they're worth a second interview. And a lot of times they aren't. So, and again, we're, it's inefficient at scale. Um, so we're moving, we'll eventually do the same process, but phone interviews. So, okay. Good to know. So they come in the first time. Obviously, if you do like them, you set something up for an actual more of an official um, interview. And then that's the the process and flow. So so you were not super impressed with the the initial loading experience rodeo that you had. Um, no. So you have since uh, implemented what is um, so now when somebody is hired on, you don't have to go through all the details, but I'm assuming that there is a, a uh, much you know, probably a better process. So when somebody comes on, they don't go through that same thing. Is that uh, accurate to say? Yeah. And when I came to camel, it was already pretty well established. Um, mm -hmm. We've just gotten better at it. Um, the thing is, is we've noticed. So one, when you come in, when we have an applicant come in, we need to, and we tell the managers, like we need to know what we are looking for in an employee. Um, and that's how they fit our culture and all that kind of stuff. And we have that defined. Um, and then we also don't be afraid to be picky. Like that's another thing is it's so common. Like everyone's just like looking for people and it's really easy. Like don't lower your standards, um, just to get a body in, in, and so the same way is that we need to know what the employee is looking for because right. so often, in this process, we're just like, well, it's what we need, but not what the, the employee needs. And yes, everybody will say, most people will say, I like to do whatever I want, but like deep down people want structure, not too much structure. You got to find that fine balance. So having a plan. So that's why we have a, um, uh, we have like a, a progression chart, like for their promotions and that kind of stuff. We have a plan of how they're training. We're like, this is what you're doing on day one. This is what you're doing on day two. We use digital, a digital training platform. We use Trainual. It's amazing. Just uh, any kind of training manual is important, but making it digital so they can access it anywhere, anytime. So that structure, they, they really enjoy that. And it's something that like, now you have, you have to make sure you don't go overboard and it's not micromanaging. But having that structure and showing them that you have a plan and that you're not just shooting from the hip makes them yeah. feel more confident and makes yeah. them want to stick around. I've I seen think, that journey. I've seen that in your office and I've seen it online and it's been posted. And I think it's genius. I think right now for the listeners that are out there, if you haven't seen it, we'll have to get it for you or maybe it's posted somewhere. But it's awesome. It shows you from the day you get there kind of the the curve like where you could go and to show them that this could be an actual um you know uh, more of just an entry level this could be a career choice like you could actually be site manager someday you could potentially you know like the levels that you can go and for them to visually see that and see that plan 
um, I think is a really, uh, is a great idea. And if you're not doing it, that's something that, that should be done. Sorry, Josh, you were going to say something. Yeah. Well, I think one of the, th- one thing that you said that was really important is, is show telling your managers to be picky, you know, don't hire somebody just because you need a body in there because, uh, the reality is that that can do a lot more damage, um, in the future. A lot of, uh, I see a lot of businesses just hiring people just so they can have somebody there. The problem is that can potentially cause you to lose your good employees, uh, because there's nothing that frustrates good employees than bad employees. And, uh, yeah. and you know, a lot of times bad employees, you know, if they don't fit the culture, they don't often stick around very long. But if they do, they can cause your good employees to leave. And now you're in a bigger mess than you were. So uh, I think that was a, a really important piece of advice there. Uh, how long, uh, it, it, say I'm a new employee that, that, that came in, I got hired on. How long is the training process for you guys? 13 shifts. 13 shifts. Cool. Yeah, it may be a little longer for part-time because their shifts aren't like a high school student. Their shifts aren't always eight hours. And but, is it you um, that's doing the training or is it multiple different types of people doing it? So we are, uh, we love enabling our managers. So um, let's say a site manager that fully knows, site manager, assistant managers that fully know how to do training. Um they should be able to, our, we have it all set up, but they should be able to do it themselves. Unless like I'm there, of course I'm around to help new managers. I'm also there um, if they're just um, maybe scheduling, the way the scheduling works. Maybe I'm there to just to help out. Also our system is set up to, we can do training for multiple people at one time, but I need to step in. So we've done this before at one of our locations. We've hired three people at once just because we were experiencing some growth and didn't matter how experienced the manager was, the manager couldn't do three people once, but our system is set up for it. So I step in and I help those days. And so that's where it's set up. So I'm, I'm there as sort of guiding, I'm writing all the training, but I'm not necessarily there every time, but um, you know, if I'm available and I see this person's onboarding, I'll pop in because I want to be able to meet them. And they see me, especially I'm in a lot of the videos. So they'll see my face they'll recognize me, um, especially too, as the leaders, as part of our leadership team, we, Tyler and I are big on like, they, we want to know all the employees. We want them to know us and feel comfortable um, seeing us around. So I recently read um, The Power of Moments by uh, Chip and Dan Heath, um, actually recommended by Josh on one of our podcasts. Um, And there was one example, John, that they gave um, about uh, new hires, right? Where they were talking about the moments that people remember. And a lot of times we remember the first day on a job, right? We remember, oh, that was, this is a shift. This is a transition in my life. Like when you load a car and he pops off the track. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You will never forget that. Um, Whether it's good or bad, you're going to remember it. And so one of the recommendations, and they gave kind of a, uh, actually, they gave a true story about two different companies, one of them that would hire somebody and and they'd bring them in and it was like, oh, here's your desk. They didn't introduce them to anybody. You know, they had a monitor hooked up with a, a you know, broken Ethernet cord. It was just like, hey, here you are. Here's your desk. Good luck. And then they would um, not really even introduce you. And then the other example was, you know, making this the best day that this person has had, making them, taking them around, introducing them, showing them, you know, the, the, the ropes, right. And, and making them feel important. And so I, I really thought, man, that's a, it's a really good idea to make that person's first day, 
the best day that they're going to have, make them feel important, make them feel seen and cared for. I think that would go uh, a long way. So I, I, I did like that that part of, of that book. And it sounds like, John, that's something that you're obviously implementing is having, you know, here's the plan, here's what we're doing, getting to know you, Tyler, some of the other people I think is is probably pretty critical. So, John, well, another thing. Go oh, ahead, sorry. I was going to add something to that. So one thing I'm really passionate about is, so what's one thing that if you ask any employee, anyone that works anywhere, you ask them what their most boring thing they've ever done it's always going to be reading the policy handbook. Like it's just, but it's something that you have to do. And you, you pretty much, it's pretty much the first thing you have to do. It's almost like so reading the terms and conditions those, page. I know. So we thought about it and like, why in the world are we having new employees, people that one, where it used to be that it used to be that 90% or 90, the first 90 days was when majority of people left a company. Now it's more like the first two weeks. And so mm-hmm. why should be the very first thing mm-hmm. that they do is do the most Read boring thing boring they thing. ever do. That's a really good so, point. That's awesome. So that's why we, with our digital training, we put in gifts, fun things. So for example, we have a section on our, um, in our, uh, uh, in our training handbook, manual, training that in our handbook that specifically talks about like dress code, and it has a section on the length of your fingernails because again we're dealing with cars, can't your fingernails too long, and and it talks about the length and that kind of stuff, and and we put a comment in there we're like we're not going to be measuring your fingernails like when you come in, but if you come in looking like Wolverine, we're going to have a talk. And I literally have a video of Wolverine's claws coming out. And, and I love being in, in there when they're reading that, because they all, like, I love at the end, they're usually laughing and I'm like, they read a policy manual. Who has ever read a policy manual was like laughing at the end of it. Right. And so that's what our goal is. And we want to make it memorable, even when it's something that's, relatively boring. That's a, that's a really great idea. One of the things that you uh, mentioned in there real quick was, you know, you could have it to where they read the manual and then they, they take a quiz. And if they, you know, do a certain, get a certain score on the quiz after reading that section or something that they get a, like a $5 Starbucks gift card or something like that, like give people incentive Mm -hmm. to read it and study it and know it. And it, and it does gamify it a little bit rather than just, it's such a great point of why should the first thing they do be the most boring thing on the job. So that's, that's a really great point. So, so John, really good stuff so far. Quick, uh, obviously what I want to know is why do people stay at camel what is the number one reason that people enjoy working for you guys so i think a common question that we would always ask and you hear this said all the time culture 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 well we would always be asking our managers like whether it was in the hiring process whether it was like in reviews we would ask them would they fit the culture well, I realized I'm like, we don't really have that defined anywhere. Like, what does the culture mean? Tyler and I know exactly what it means, but it's really hard to define it. So we, I sort of went on this quest of like, how can I define this? How do we define what we're looking for to make? Because again, like, we want to make sure that everyone's working with people that they want to 
It's it's so ambiguous. So one of the books that I've read in the past and um, uh, I love is called The Ideal Team Player um, by Patrick uh, Lencioni. Yep. And he's written so many good business books. And the, the fact that the first like two thirds of it is just a story. Um, so we are making, starting at the top up with our leadership, going down our site managers, assistant managers, um, everybody's reading this book and it's specifically talks about, we're looking for somebody that's humble, hungry, and smart, like people smart. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's defining things for us. And we've seen a shift and now we're like, and it's not something we, we read this book and it, and okay. then we move on to the next thing. It's like, we started reading this back in October and I haven't every single meeting um, it hasn't gone to everybody. We haven't started talking about it yet with our CSA, our base employees yet, our CSAs. But every manager meeting, like it comes up and I'm like, this isn't going away. This is who we are. This is what we're looking for. We're looking for someone that's humble, hungry, and smart. And we've noticed our, our turnover has, has been dropping. Like we are um, just our, our connections. And, and I think, I think that, I think an important thing is to know what you're looking for. Um, and also to always be like, have avenues so people can give you feedback yep. and make changes based yeah. on that. because we know what we're looking for, but we're not, we're not perfect. Um, we have very open communication and, but every month at our staff meetings, um, we have like, we use something called Jolt and it's, a it sends out a personal list to every employee and they basically give us feedback on managers on leadership on anything. And so the first of every month from the first to the fifth, we get all of these things back and sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like, Oh gosh, this is, we, this is a giant fire we need to put out. And like, we respond really quickly to that. And I think they see, they see that they're like, Oh, okay. Like, I think that shows that we care. Um, and there's all these little tiny things that you guys can do and benefits and there's all that kind of stuff in it it's hard because there's so many different things and it, and it's not something that like, it's not just one thing, but right. I think it comes, yeah. but I think it comes down to know what you're looking for and like ask for feedback and respond you know, to it. That's, that's so go ahead. I wanted to say, say one thing about that book real quick. Um, mm. The, the, the ideal team player. I, I love that you guys are reading that, especially from the top down, because it's, it's such a great way to do that. It's also a great book for people that are looking for a job. So, you know, if, if there are people that are listening to this, because I know like even looking through talk car wash, there's a lot of uh, car wash managers that are looking for different sites and stuff. It's a great book to read as you're preparing to to look for a job or or be hired on somewhere uh, because it does show you how to be that ideal team player but it also shows you guys that are the directors and owners of what you're looking for in, in an employee and and one of the things that you guys are so good at and we we got to see it while we were there uh we've seen it through just how you guys celebrate on instagram but you are so good at celebrating wins with your team and your employees. And I think that speaks volumes. Like you guys, you're, 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 it's not about the bottom line for you guys. It's about people. And it's very obvious there. Go ahead, Levi. Well, and, and to kind of piggyback on that, as far as making people feel valuable. So John, I've heard you say, you know, people say it's clean. People are happy here. We give them a roadmap 
you give them feedback, you're working on this culture and, and whatnot. But the one thing that I haven't heard that comes up all the time is the pay rate. You haven't mentioned pay one time. Where do you guys pay when it comes to, I'm curious, when it comes to your market and, and it's becoming more and more competitive um, in your space? And and how important is it is that pay rate? You haven't really focused on it, but is that where are you at in the space? And is that how important is that on maybe a scale of one to 10? Where do you rate pay rate? For Yeah, so I think as long as you're paying them a livable wage, like paying them what they're worth, basically, um, then pay doesn't matter. Now, of course, if you're paying them, that doesn't mean you should be paying the minimum wage. I'm not saying that at all. But right now, it's it's always the question of like, well, just we got to pay them more. We got to pay them more. I'm like, well, at some point, you got to offer these other things. And there's a reason why on average, like each month last year, on average, four million people were quitting their jobs. And a lot of people were talking, well, we can't find anybody. It's because of it's because they're because of they're wanting to stay home on because of all the benefits for unemployment. And like, that's some of the reason, but that's not the main reason people. And all these people aren't quitting their jobs because they're not getting paid enough. It's because I think with everything with the pandemic, I think it's shown um, employees that there's other things more valuable than just pay their mental health. They're just their benefits and how people, how the company cares for them. And I think employees are changing what they're looking. These candidates are changing what they're looking for and how much they'll put up with before they leave. Yep. But we haven't seen any changes from employers. Yeah. So for us, it's, we we start at like right now it's um uh, we start at twelve dollars an hour. But here's another thing: we get a dollar raise if you finish your training. Um. So we 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 tie directly tie that in. Mm. And Smart. they can get that in as little as two weeks. And then once they pass their certification, so they get a, they get a, they're certified every, every level of our, um, uh, our progression management, any of that has to get a certification and they get another dollar raise with that. So that's, that's really big. They not only do they get accomplished and basically, recognize in front of everybody they also get a, a pay raise with that and that helps um and of course we do commissions and it's all that kind of stuff and now we offer like health insurance and 401k with company match so that stuff's great but like there's little things where it's not just about money money is important but it's not just about money there's we have a fully stocked snack cabinet and um, the thing is, is like a bunch of our employees recently got raises at this site that I'm currently at, um, in the past week, not a single one has brought that up. All of them are talking. I, we tried new snacks and we just threw, we like doubled their snack amount. Every single employee is talking about every day in the past five days have talked about how good the snack cabinet is. That's what they're talking about. They're not talking about the races that they got. Yeah. Well, and that's such a good point, John. And we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here. I'll let Levi finish it, finish it off. But, you know, what I think the last two years has shown us is the world changed. And a lot of us have seen the world change over the last 10, 15, 20 years. The corporate world has changed. The problem is corporations didn't change with it. 
And, and so they're trying to do business and do employees and, and, and everything else like they've been doing it for 40 or 50 years. And that's just not the way that this generation does work. And so you've got to realize that, you know, a lot of people, when they hear, you know, the term millennial, they think of 20 year olds, but you know, the oldest millennial today is 40 years old. And so the 40 year olds that are working for you are millennials. They see the world differently and 40 year old millennials versus 30 year old millennials see the world differently too, because they're having different life experiences. But overall, in general, they're seeing the world differently than the boomers, even than generation X. And the problem is, is we're trying to treat them like they're still 50, 60 year olds that the world was just different. And millennials are all about purpose. We're all about mission. Uh, we're all about that culture. We're all about people. And, and it's not that the, the driving focus is not always money. Um, it is, it is what you guys are really building there at camel, which is, which is, you know, obvious that it's, it's becoming successful. Yeah. I, I love that. He said that the top level guys are changing, right? You got to change that perspective. So I was going to comment, comment on that as well, because so many of us get, this is the way it is. This is the way it was. And this is the way we're going to do it. Well, good luck <laughs> because that's just not the world today. And it's millennials okay. don't care about getting Rolex watches, you know, when you have no. to retire <laughs> and that's okay. We have to be okay with them being different. It's how do we manage them differently? How do we bring them on? How do we make them feel cared for? And, and I think those are the, the questions people need to be asking and they need to be answering that with the people they're bringing on. So John, we'll wrap this up, man. I really appreciate your time uh, that you've taken uh, out of your busy schedule. And, and I, I want to thank Tyler for letting me steal you here for a little bit to help those out there in this, in this car wash space and any space for that matter. But I'd like to ask you one more quick question. We always like to kind of end our podcast with a kind of just maybe a quick tip or um, just some advice to some of these owners out there. Is there one piece of information that kind of a practical piece that you might recommend uh, some of these car wash owners and, and managers doing to, to bring on, you know, those great employees and, and try to keep them longer? Yeah, I would say like, again, knowing what you're looking for, knowing what the end goal is. So often we're doing this thing where we're just like, well, we need to have people in. Well, like, what's your purpose? And like, what you're trying to do? And also, like, I think with that, what helps you accomplish that is know what your personal purpose is. So like my purpose in being at Camel, and I tell this to our guys on a daily basis, is that whether someone's at Camel for three months, three years, or 30 years, is that they leave a better person than when they walked in that door. And everything I'm doing as in, in the realm of hiring and training is trying to accomplish that purpose. And so it's, yeah, so all of that. And just, that's I can only do that by knowing what, I, what my end goal is. And that's what my end goal. I'm trying to make a lasting impression on and, and change the lives for the better. And like, it's, it's one of those, I want all of our employees, everyone at Camel at the end of the day go, is my life better for John being a part of it? Is my life better for Camel being a part of it? And if the answer is, I don't know, or the answer is no, then we need to do something different. And yeah. That's good. That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, John, we appreciate it. And uh, I think that... Thanks, guys. It was a blast. Yeah. Well, we're, we're so glad that you jumped on. As Levi said, we appreciate the time that you invested here with us. And if you're listening 
and uh, and and have any questions, you know, comment uh, wherever you're listening to this. Reach out to us uh, because we we really think that this is so important, and this is what we're seeing so much in the space. This is we're in the middle of the Great Resignation, is what they're calling it, and so there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of people looking for jobs. Yeah. while there's a lot of people looking for employees. And so there's a lot of opportunity here. And I think, John, you kind of laid out some great advice as we uh, as we capitalize on these opportunities. So really great interview. And uh, thank you that guys that are listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs>